Welcome to the New Mercies Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Caldwell. This is episode number 136. We have been in a series about the greatness of God, seeing miracle after miracle, great things he has done. The last couple of days, this past week, we've looked at specific instances in the book of Luke where Jesus performed miraculous signs, did great wonders. And today, as we finish up this week, I want to look at one of my favorites, and I know I say that a lot, but it is one of my favorite miracles that Jesus performs. He is in the city of Capernaum. He is teaching, and as he's teaching, there's a group of men bringing their friend to Jesus on a mat. The friend is paralyzed, and they know if they can get to Jesus, everything will be okay. So I want to read in Luke chapter 5, Luke's account of this, beginning in verse number 17. The Bible says this, On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let down the bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus." And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus, verse 22, perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question your hearts, which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, He said to the man who was paralyzed then, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately, verse 25, immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been laying on, and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. This scene in the scripture is beautiful and incredible, and there's a thousand different ways you can look at this. We know that the man's problem was not that he was paralyzed. We know the man's ultimate need, his ultimate problem, was he was far from God. He had sins, and those sins needed to be forgiven. Just like every one of us in this world, no matter what your problems look like on the outside, Jesus sees the heart, God sees the heart, and knows your biggest need is for a savior, for forgiveness for the sins you've committed. Before you go too much further into the story, know that that's the absolute root of the issue. The man had sin, like we all do. His number one need was to be forgiven of those sins, just like your number one need is to be forgiven of the sins you've committed. Knowing that is the true need, let's now take a look at the rest of the story. Jesus was teaching in a house. It was crowded. There were people piled in at the doorways, at the windows, in the hallways, down the street, all the way around the house. You've heard it said and you've heard it preached probably that the houses in Capernaum, the way they would work is they had a, there would be a set of stairs that go on the outside of the house up to the top roof, the flat rooftop, and there were tiles there on the rooftop. It was a place in the evening where the Jews would go and they would rest and they would relax in the evening in the as the sun was setting before it was time to go to bed. If that's where people would go at the end of the day to spend some time in the evening, it had to be sturdy enough, thick enough, strong enough to hold people. 
So they had to dig for quite a while. This is a difficult task, moving these big heavy tiles, digging through the mud and the beams and trying to find a place to lower this man down, have a hole big enough for a man and his mat. And then how did they even lower him down? Did they have some extra rope with them? Did somebody lay down on their belly as they were dropping this man down into the midst of Jesus? As Jesus is teaching, it doesn't say much of what's going on inside the house. The story is primarily focused on the men who were lowering their friend down to Jesus. In my mind, Jesus is just in their teaching. He just continues to teach and share the truth of God's word as the crowd is soaking it up. While there are Pharisees there and people who doubted Jesus, there were also people there who were putting their faith and trust in Jesus. There were also people there who were serving others. So this is a whole scene going on. If you can just imagine this as as like a movie, there's a lot of moving parts. As Jesus is in there teaching, I can see in my mind's eye the dirt and debris falling just before him as he's teaching and talking. And people then looking up, all the attention goes up to the ceiling. What's happening? There's something falling. There must be people on the rooftop. And now the roof is caving in, right? That's what I'm thinking if I'm in that house. The hole opens up in the roof and the light kind of beams in. And so people look up and see what's going on, what's happening. There's commotion now happening, people talking and whispering and speaking to one another about what's happening. Who is that? What do you think's going on? And the hole gets bigger and bigger. This man is lowered down in front of Jesus and he looks at him. It says in verse number 20, and when he saw their faith, he saw the men on the rooftop. He, he looked up, sees their faith, and he looked to the man on the mat and he said, your sins are forgiven you. And then in the minds of the Pharisees and the scribes, they begin to question and say, he's blaspheming. God is the only one that can forgive sins. What is he doing? And so Jesus asks this interesting question. Why do you question this in your hearts? Which is easier When he says, which is easier, that phrase sticks out to me and it makes me question some things. What is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say, rise up and walk? I think what Jesus is saying is much deeper than that. I think he's saying, do you even know what it takes to forgive sins? Because what I'm about to have to go through is the most difficult thing in the history of the world. I'm going to have to be separated from my father in heaven. I'm going to have to go through brutal beating. I'm going to have to go through isolation I'm going to have to go through death. I'm going to have to go through hell and the grave and all of this before I can say this person's sins are forgiven. I have to pay for their sins. Or I can say rise up and walk and miraculously heal his body and him get up and walk out of this room. I think Jesus is implying here it is very difficult to forgive someone's sins. It's a cakewalk for me to use my voice to heal his situation. And so Jesus says, so that you know that I have authority to forgive sins. And then he doesn't even finish his statement. He turns to the paralyzed man and says, I say to you, rise up, take your bed and go home. Immediately the man rises up and he walks out. Now there's a couple of questions I have through the whole story. One, why didn't the guys just wait outside? Jesus had to at some point leave the house, right? Why not just wait outside the front door until Jesus was free? Why go through all the trouble to make a spectacle? There's something that happens when we have this need or this hunger or this thirst. One of the days on the podcast, we talked about the words hunger and thirst for righteousness. Whenever you're hungry or you're thirsty, that's all that's on your mind. You are finding a way to get water. You are finding a way to get food. 
It doesn't matter what's going on around you. It's all this burning desire that you have to make something happen, to find that thing that you're hungering for, to find that drink that you're so thirsty for. I just see that in these guys. They were so eager. The only thing they wanted was to get this man to Jesus. And so they didn't even think through all of the situations and circumstances. You can almost imagine these three or four guys and saying, let's go up on the top of the roof and just dig a hole and let's drop him down. And somebody else saying, absolutely, we got it. We're in. Let's go. Just quickly, this scene plays out. The truth is they could have waited. I think Jesus would have probably healed the man who was paralyzed if they waited until after his sermon was over. There are times we need to wait on the Lord. There are also times where we need to hunger and thirst for righteousness so much that we're willing to go for it right now where we are. What is God asking you to do? What is Jesus doing around you? Today be thankful. The Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. And he has proven it time and time again. He's proven it in your life and he's proven it in mine. He's too good to keep to ourselves. 